Transmissions from the Dark Side is a tongue-in-cheek look at anthology horror, covering adult themes and concepts in very childish ways. Parental guidance suggested. This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. It's a pretty good episode. Not too hot, not too cold. I think we should talk about the episode Malcolm a little bit more then. Enter if you dare. With me, joining me through the power of the internet, popping peas all over the place. I am, but if it isn't <laughs> Jen Hansen and Matt Rose, how are you both doing this evening? So fresh, so well, tip top, baby. Tip top, don't stop. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, what we do around these parts is watch Anthology Horror. That is a different scary story every single week. We are in the third season of a show called Monsters. It's the 15th episode, I want to say. Yes. It is yeah, it's it's 15. It is called The Space Eaters. Um, what we do is we do guess... Uh, because none of us remember most of the episodes. Uh, we do guess what the episode is about based on title alone. We call it the dark side guess. Who would like to go first? Maddie. Oh. The Space Eaters. The astronomers from the William Dyer Observatory at Miskatonic University made an astonishing discovery. Somehow, a small path of nothingness was being bored out of entire galaxies. The faculty agreed on two things. This phenomenon was no black hole. And it was heading directly for Earth. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid man. Uh, the Space Eaters. Uh, you get in your car and you drive real far. You drive all night and then you see a light. And it comes right down and it lands on the ground. And out come the man from Mars. And you try to run, but he's got a gun. And he shoots you dead and he eats your head. And then you're in the man from Mars. You go out at night and eat up bars where the people meet. Rapture. (laughs) (laughs) The Space Eaters. In space, no one can see you eat. None of these guesses are right. And in a change of pace, Matt Rose hit us up with them sweet deets. So, uh, I I just realized I forgot to look up when the episode aired. Uh, I think it was January 91. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Um, The description from IMDb. IMDb. Howard and Frederick are two friends living in New England. One night, as they play chess during a horrible thunderstorm, a local man named Henry Wells appears at their door. Wells says his brain has been eaten, and sure enough, he has a hole in his temple, and his brain is missing. This is just giving us... This is the whole episode. 
<laughs> but he's alive and talking. Wells tells the two men about her craft wreath and light. Which... <laughs> what? Hold on, I <laughs> this is not a casual byline about this episode. This is no, the epi- This no. is what we're about to do better. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, uh, which landed near town and about uh, being attacked by a thing that ate his brain. <laughs> do you not? Do you want me to stop, or do you want me to, to keep going? <laughs> I mean, is there only four paragraphs left? Keep reading. No, no, there's, there's, there's Does this description end with Richard P. Rubenstein? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it does actually leave uh, the third act in question. But uh, ah, okay. All right. Um, well, no, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the rest. So this just does give away plot points. The episode was directed by Robert T. Meganson. Uh, he directed one movie, and it was called Pelvis. Um, <laughs> AKA Toga Party. Uh, apparently, it's a movie where uh, a guy in New York wants to be a musician. So he and his friends one weekend rent a house and have a naked dance party. Cool. Yeah, that's. Cool. And it's yeah, called uh, Pelvis? It is called a Pelvis. But oh. sometimes you'll see it as Toga Party. Okay. Uh, his his writing credits, though, Jen, uh, you will know from FX, FX Two, and FX the series. Oh, okay. Yeah. This yeah. guy did this guy do something for uh, Tales? I feel like we looked something up with somebody who did FX, and uh, maybe I mean, he did, maybe he didn't. We'll never know. I, I didn't see Tales on there, but okay. I, you know. I was eating dinner at the time. Uh, but you so, were doing a favor for a friend who yeah, had a screaming yeah. child. Yeah. Uh, the writers were uh, Frank Belknap Long, uh, who I guess wrote the short story this was based on, and then Robert Meganson. Uh Frank Belknap Long has this and uh, Cineficcion Radio. Mm. Those are his only credits. Uh, and he died in 1994. Uh, Howard was played by Richard Clark. He was an English actor, uh, active since 1956. He guest starred in a variety of British TV shows uh, like The Avengers and Danger Man, uh, a lot of made-for-TV movies, and then he had roles in Meet Joe Black, Midnight Cowboy, and I think one of the best names for a movie I've never seen, The Sidelong Glances of a Pigeon Kicker. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if that isn't British... Yeah, uh, and then uh, he also starred in the uh, Tales from the Dark Side episode, The Spirit Camera. Oh, okay. I like that one. Uh, mm, so yeah. Rick was played by Mark Hulswit. Uh He was born in Maracaibo, Venezuela. Uh, he was a working actor since 1963. He guest starred uh, on a lot of uh, TV shows and soap operas, and he eventually got the role of J.B. King on Shining Time Station, which I believe also had uh, George Carlin. It sure did. Uh, And then Henry Wells was played by Richard Hughes. Uh, He was a working actor since 79. Uh, He was in a lot of TV shows, uh, made for TV movies. And he had roles in uh, the Amityville Horror, The Departed, and Choke. Uh, He also did voices for Grand Theft Auto V and stunts in the movie Finding Forrester. Did that movie require a lot of stunts? I've... I've never seen it. I, that's, You're that's the man now, said. dog. Yes, I was going to say that's the movie <laughs> with Sean Connery saying that. So I, I now drop and give me twenty it. and run this parkour course. <laughs> Honestly, I think he was probably the stunt double for Connery, but 
Yeah, there <laughs> I, there might have been a scene where he has to like hoof it across the street, <laughs> like, <laughs> stumble on a step. Yeah, I was thinking it was just like him falling over or something. I, I, I've, I've never seen it. I only saw You're the Man Now, dog, and I was like, uh, I've, I'm busy. <laughs> I yeah, I, I've got a place. <laughs> I got a place go now. <laughs> oh, do, 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 <sighs> Honey, it's family hour. There must be something on. Oh, crispy critters, my favorite. <laughs> oh! Oh, look, it's monsters. Our favorite show. I can't do Connery for shit. That was supposed <laughs> to be a Connery. I, well, I'm doing my best monster match. I like <laughs> I was working in the lab. Wait, what night? And oh, uh, Monsters is on. Monsters. It's, it's my our favorite, favorite show. show. <laughs> it's well, isn't that, isn't that guy supposed to be doing Boris Karloff? I was working yeah, in the lab. <laughs> uh, if you ever just watch Bobby Boris Pickett uh, on those black and white things, he is chewing up his limelight he does some eye work that is just unstoppable <laughs> just his eye work he's his those eyes are playing to the back of the house this is a man <laughs> that knows he is he has a song that's going to be played ad infinitum every halloween he yeah he is all i want for christmas is you rolling in the money <laughs> <laughs> didn't need another song Bobby Boris nope. Pickett hung it up. He tried to make another he, song. It did not he had work. Another yeah. one. It did not work. Yeah. <laughs> the monster fuck, right? Yes. <laughs> the monster sucked and they fucked. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, the door from the dark side swings wide open. Uh, it was a dark and stormy night, and two dandy fops are playing some chess. When does this episode take place? This is... Uh, so I was thinking this took place uh, early in the 20th century. Okay. Yeah, I was putting this probably in the 50s. Okay. Uh, well, so this was... I think that they had x-rays earlier than the 50s. And, um, uh, you know, a, a plot point later has to do with x-rays. Yes. But I also think, like, just... Uh... It it definitely, f I just didn't put it in the war because it seemed post war, well, and they they, they were they, old they, enough to be in World War One. Mm -hmm. So I felt well, like that's why it was the fifties. Howard, Howard even tells a story from the war. Correct. Yeah. So which so was that World War One? I? I thought uh, it was World War One because they just looked okay. too old. Because it definitely didn't feel like it was the seventies or the eighties. No, definitely, definitely not. No. You know, it, it felt much more... Not with the way they were talking about the x-ray machine being this newfangled technology. Yeah, and how does it work? Yeah. It's... Well, so these two dudes... Also, the description of the episode that you read, Matt, said that these these two friends lived together, which I thought they were just visiting somewhere. No, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Howard was just visiting Frederick. 
Uh, well, it says two friends living in, in New England. I mean, Howard could, you know, could live not that far away, but. Did you get the sense that this was like a relationship? Thing? Like this was their, like, because they, they uh, he mentioned so some sort of like they were supposed to go away for a fishing weekend. Neither of these guys seem like fishing weekend no. types. No, they, no, they, they don't. Uh, I, so I wondered that too. Um, I, you know, I wondered if that was, uh, you know, kind of subtle thing. Subtext. Yeah, where they're, where, yeah, where they're both, you know, lifelong bachelors. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Howard and Frederick are playing chess. Um, Frederick gives up, uh, because he says Howard was going to win in two moves. Uh, and he, he's a little flustered because Frederick seems to be like, a you know, a trained technical chess player and he always loses to Howard, uh, because of his instincts. Right. Right. Um, and he, Too unpredictable. Uh, yeah, and he uh, he tells uh, Frederick that he thinks it's because he's afraid of him, uh, to which Frederick quite loudly says, Poppycock, which I also thought was funny. Um, so he, you know, uh, Howard goes on a little bit. Apparently they're both professors. Um, I think that uh, I think that Frederick is actually a doctor. Um, mm -hmm. And Howard, I don't think they really ever go into what he's a professor of, but he keeps talking about how he uh, he teaches his students to uh, to you know expect the unexpected and keep an open mind. And the only thing that uh, and and uh, that this comes later. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> Uh, so is this when the is... Gordon's fisherman bursts in? No, <laughs> not yet. No, that is, not yet. That is in a couple. Of... That... Matt, I want to know if you wrote the same thing down. I did not write the Gordon Fisherman. Um... Ah, God damn it! That that is exactly what I said. Okay. It, uh, I said the Gordon Gordon's fisherman burst through the door. Yep. Uh, so uh, th this is when um, Frederick tells Howard that uh, he you know he feels that he invited him under uh, you know false circumstances. Uh, and he he talks about how, you know, he checked the almanac, he checked all the forecasts, and no one said that it was going to rain this week. So this is, you know, this is the storm uh, the, of the century. This, this is a storm that no one predicted. You know, there hasn't been a storm in this day for 100 years. Foreshadowing. Since um, the Hall of Records mysteriously disappeared 100 years ago. <laughs> I love their banter. I honestly yeah. could listen to them banter for a very long time because yeah. they just have like the way that it's written. Although I don't think there's many people who do talk like they are talking. It doesn't feel, it feels good. You know, like, yeah, there was some, like Woody repartee in there. Yeah. 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 You know, like some episodes it feels just like, well, this dialogue never happened <laughs> well you're my wife and i'm going to work now i have to make a box that fits 24 <laughs> cupcakes and none of them can be squished oh god you know like i just love the i love the earnestness but with which he said the cupcake line oh god like and he was planning on being up all night with this problem yeah i gotta crack this code I like yeah. that we're hopping episodes back. The, to back yeah. to Malcolm. We're still hung up on Malcolm. 
here we are on the Space Eaters, and Malcolm is still talk about things drilling a hole in your brain. I still am thinking about that cupcake box. I oh God, I, it's like I want to hear the line again so I can laugh because that was just so bonkers. They ship things in like multiple products in other containers. Like you know, I'm sure he's seen a case of beer or a case or of eggs. Eggs glassware. Are eggs. eggs are My God, eggs, Matt. Squished. How is how was that even a problem to be solved? That's not a work problem. That's a middle school science project. For real. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, our house that was the show with wilford brimley oh yeah i remember that yeah, with valerie yeah. bertinelli or no 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 it was just it, jason bateman was in that yeah 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 um so there was an episode where he and his best like uh walter brimley and his, his best friend they uh one of the kids has a science experiment where they have to create like a better egg carton or whatever. And so mm-hmm. the two of them are like, I can build a better one than you can. And so they have this competition where they're trying to build a better thing. And at the end, I think that it's like, you know, if the, if the design ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so that could, that could easily transport cupcakes. That's all I'm saying. Let me just mm-hmm. check something. Off that record. How did I forget the music? How did I forget that? Maybe I should go digging in my things. Malcolm, you're in pain. How would you know? (laughs) I used to know. We used to be like one person. I'd like to talk to you tonight, but I have to create a box to hold 48 cupcakes without crushing. What's happened to us? <laughs> Just make two boxes of 24. Oh, it's so dumb. I think, I think if you ever phrase, you would just know your marriage is over. If you would love this. Here's the deal. If you're with your partner and they say, the reason I can't hang out with you, talk to you, kind of work on our relationship, which is obviously in trouble, is because I have a box I have to make for work for cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. Just sign the divorce papers. Just. It's over. It's through gritted teeth. I need to design a box for 40 cupcakes. And they can't and not and they can't get crushed. And none of them can be crushed. Which, you know, so when we compare that dialogue to this, I thought about a player, but I suspect I'll always beat you because you're afraid of me. Poppycock. It's that you play <laughs> mathematically, whereas I play instinctively. I really don't know what I'm doing. And if I can't guess what my next move will be, neither it follows can you. The trick is, I suppose, to expect the unexpected. As I constantly tell my students, the only thing we know for certain in this life is that we know very little. The human mind, Frederick, is such a vast and untapped resource. We've got to keep it open at all times. Intellectual, Pabikar. 
If you say so, old friend. But I mean, that bit of writing right there. Mm-hmm. So much better. But also, really can't hold a candle to, I have to create a box. The box I, I think, honestly, that's why I'm having a little bit of a hard time talking about this episode. <laughs> because it's a, it's like a, it's fine. It's a little... It's a little. It's not great enough to be a must-watch, but it's not batshit enough to tear apart. Yeah, yeah. It's. I. I, I mean, I liked the. I liked the episode. Yeah, you know, it was fine. It, it, I liked this, it. This wasn't. This wasn't a bad episode. Um, well, let, let's move through it, and I'm sure we'll yeah. find we'll find a few things, or maybe we'll have some whack ass sponsors. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't take too much time. Before they do see kind of like a flash of light and then the lights in the village look like they go out like a power loss. And then mm-hmm. he's like, well, we're on generator power. And then all of a sudden, um, one the character who's good at chess is just like, there's something Howard. on the beach. Howard's like, something's on the beach. And his... someone's coming is what he said. And then he, he says that, yeah, that they're that someone came on the like south side of the beach and they're they're coming to the house. And it's like, how do you know that? He's just like, I don't I just sense I, I just it. sensed it. Yeah. You know, once again feeding into his intuitive side. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's and so there's a knocking at the door, um, with you know honestly what it kind of reminded me of is Return of the Living Dead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh with the brains, brains. But uh well, we this do get when... to play. What do we do with the drunken sailor? This is <laughs> <laughs> this is where uh, the so... Gordon fisherman bursts in. Yes, bursts through the door, uh, and screaming that, that he wants his brain back. Yes, and so Henry uh, says, uh, or I'm sorry, Frederick says, "Oh, this is Henry Wells." Um, and so Henry is screaming about the pain. Oh, oh, the pain, my brain. Um, and then shut the door. It was right behind me. Uh, and then just keeps talking about how he wants his brain back. And this is no fair. Um, so he gives uh, Henry a shot to calm him down. Um, and then they put him up on the, the chair that you would have your x-rays on. Uh, and there is indeed a huge hole in his head. Humongous humongous golf ball size hole in his head yes and this is this is where i wrote the lyrics for brain eaters <laughs> uh because this is an act break yes it is and we'll be back with more uh transmissions from the dark side after this the line is baked in a buttery flaky crust <laughs> baked on a buttery fl- crust it's close baked in a buttery flaky crust, baked. Baked buttery crust. Baked in a buttery flavored crust. Uh, crust. Yeah. Baked in a buttery flaky crust. Baked in a buttery flaky, flaky crust. Here we go. Here we go. Baked in a buttery crispy crust. <laughs> flaky. I like flaky again. <laughs> See, you sure they have that cucumber up there. Baked in a buttery. Okay. Baked in a buttery uh, crispy crust. Yeah. That cool? Flaky. I thought I said flaky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Baked in a buttery flaky crust. You should have had me do that. Oh yeah, she does that good. Baked in a buttery flaky. 
baked in a buttery, crispy crust. Crispy, God damn it, crispy, okay. Yeah. Crispy. Flaky. 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 Oh, my God. Baked in a buttery, flaky crust. Did I screw up again? Yes, you did. I did? Big smile. Baked in a buttery, flavored Flaky. Flaky. Baked in a buttery. Flaky. Flaky. Crust. Okay. Here we go. Baked in a buttery. Flaky. Flaky crust. <laughs> ah. Baked in a bait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Baked in a buttery crispy flight. <laughs> <laughs> Baked in a buttery flaky crust. Yahoo! Oh, yeah. yeah. What the hell was that? Those were an outtakes, outtakes from a restaurant in Bangor, Maine called Dysert's. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah, D Y S A R T. Um, and it's this old married couple there and they are just, as you heard, unable. Yeah. Not getting that it was flaky. Crispy. Come on, man. Baked in a buttery flaky crust. And, And then it was just, it was like once they were off, they were off. Oh yeah. It's like, you're off to the races. Uh, I got uh, cast to do this commercial for uh, United Way for uh, I, some of their like kids programs, and I was in a commercial for with uh, Keegan Michael mm-hmm. Key, and I could not the they rewrote my my lines on the fly, uh, and I was already oh nervous God. going in, but they rewrote my lines. Right. And I could not remember the changes. And it, it was it was like that to the point where they finally had to like write me cute cards, and I was mortified. At uh, at short, they they tried to get me to do God this this one thing where all I had to do was a voiceover, but they didn't give me lines. They were just like, okay, so and then you say this, and then you say this, and it was like, why didn't you write these things down? Well, you'll remember it. I'm telling <laughs> you right now that I can, and that you needed to write these things down. So yeah, I get it. And then uh, one time I was in like the the company videos that they show every month, um, and we had to do like five takes because I kept screwing up, just talking like a regular human. Yeah, people make it look easy. And that's the thing is like you think it's so easy until you get there, and once you start mm-hmm. fucking up, it is There's... game over. You're... It is a freight train of shit because now your brain starts going oh no i can't do this yeah and then it's like nobody can leave until i do this thing that i can't do (laughs) oh it's a nightmare and he has that look of like i'm doing it right right and like (laughs) no his wife next to him she cannot bear it she has this look of just like utter disappointment like <laughs> no 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 you do not need to make 
a cupcake box for 48 cupcakes. <laughs> I just, I can imagine the director being like, okay, when I step on your foot twice, you nod and say, hello, Mr. Thompson. You nod your head. Yeah. Well, like, and you can just, and she's nailing it. And then the, just the real salt in the wound is once she gets her opportunity to shine. She totally screws His earworm gets into her head (laughs) and she's gone. She's gone. Baked in a buttery flaky crust. And Baked in a bubbery, bu- bu- bubbery crisp. It's crispy, right? It's crispy crust. Crispy crisp. Crispy crisp. Ah, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to it. And we're back. Um. Okay. So they think he's been shot. So we've got Henry Wells on the table because he is a doctor, you know. We've got, we've got the doctor's office kind of in full effect at this point. Mm-hmm. And they think he's shot because it's a rather large hole in his head, like I said. About it's the, like a volcano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, they, they put some light on it. And this is a very practical effect of old <laughs> waxy McHoley head. Like they just, they just had a wax relief uh, profile of the, of this fisherman and they, they use it multiple times in this episode. Mm-hmm. They do, yeah. But I didn't what? think it was terrible for, it a, wasn't for an early night TV fine. show. He has enormous tissue loss. It's like he, so they, he um, has they, no they brain. Kind of, yeah, they kind of hoist him up and they take the X-ray. Um, and this is this is when uh, Frederick says that this is the only x-ray machine this side of Boston General. Um, and then uh, Howard says, well, how, how do, you know, how do x-rays work? And so he, he goes through, you know, a little, uh, a little the explanation. And yeah, the isotope the shoots gamma rays. rays. Uh, so um, I loved, uh, and, and then it like projects it on the screen, right? And you just see, what is obviously a completely different profile of the skeleton. <laughs> he was sitting there and he goes, well, he has no brain. Uh, and that's when uh, Henry starts to scream, turn it off, turn it off. Um, and so uh, I think this is when Howard says, uh, I, I, I know how to handle this and pours himself a strip drink. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so this is when... Um, now it's time to get a war story because we got some hardcore boozing happening. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, I think this is where Howie... Uh, or I wrote uh, you Fred Howie in my notes. Uh, Howard uh, reads a passage from Macbeth about the dead uh, with no brains rising to push them off their stools. Uh and so Fred is just, this is impossible, impossible. And so um, Howard decides to tell him a, a story from the war uh, where he saw uh, another soldier have his head shorn clean off by a, uh, by a, a rocket or a, a, a shell. Uh, but the guy's body kept running 
uh, as if the head was still connected. And then it finally got to his face and it turned around uh, and then uh, like it was looking at something and then just slowly sat down. Um, and, you know, he knows that this this made no sense, but, uh, you know, that we know nothing. And so, yeah, they really lean on the old we're not using all of our brains. Yes. Yeah, which is this is the second allusion to it, and then they just Mm -hmm. straight up say it the third time. (laughs) It was like Uh, uh, this gun keeps going off. (laughs) (laughs) So they decide to ask uh, Henry what happened. So he starts talking about a big light that was out uh, by Mulligan Point, and so a bunch of people thought that a ship had run aground, so they went there to help. Uh, and now everyone else is, is gone. He was the last, and now they're the last. And he says, you know, there was a, there was a ship, uh, like a, you know, a, I don't think they ever said the a sky. ship. But, like, yeah, they said, like, a spaceship. And uh, he was walking the, the on doors water. Opened up, the, the doors opened up, and it looked like a tire, a tunnel of fire a thousand miles long. Uh, and then the thing came out. It can walk on water. Uh, it can walk on trees. Um, and it is what made the lightning storm. Um, and then I think this is when he calls it the eye. Uh, and it uh, it froze him with a ray, and then it touched his head. Uh, and when he woke up, he was running to them. Uh, and that for some reason, he could see himself running. Uh, and that's, that's this when, when the hole uh, starts glowing. Yes, this is exactly when the hole starts glowing in his head. Um, and so Fred, uh, Frederick, of course, uh, decides to grab a pair of tweezers and try to pull the glowing thing out. I was like, um, this is totally sterile. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we got a real William Beaumont situation going on here. <laughs> I just want to see how it looks when I throw food into this hole. <laughs> here, here hepatitis. Hepatitis. <laughs> Just so, just digest food for me. <laughs> uh, so they try to, to tweeze it out, um, and it's he uh, Henry screams, "I know what you're doing!" Um, and then the thing in the head grabbed the tweezers and pulled them in. Um, and so I think they this is when they they, they walk away and they're they're conferring. Um, well, he he checks his pulse at that point, and he says oh, he's he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, and then Frederick's and like, so he's he been dead. He's always, yeah, he's always Didn't been. Did you hear Macbeth? Um, and so this is when uh, Howard decides. Well, I'm going to go talk to the creature because he he gets the idea that this guy's this corpse has been he's animated by the, creature yeah. the whole time. Yeah, um, I love this part. Starts, this part yeah, totally too. works for me. Yeah. Uh, and so um, through Henry, it starts talking to them and saying that it's coming. Um, and then they can hear it out on the roof and then they can hear it in the house. Oh, it doesn't just start talking. It starts talking like Tarzan. Yeah. 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 Me see your house. <laughs> I hear I am up high. What is called this place? <laughs> what it's called this place that was that was funny um 
So no, 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 not you're not. Are you just humoring me? All right. No, 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 that is that is no, that is literally what he said. I mean, uh, you're doing really good, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) That is not. You know, I just try as a mother. I put a hot meal on the podcast and buttery, flaky, buttery, farky frost. Marky Marky Post. Marky Parker Post. Buttery Flarky Post. Marky Poser Post. Time for timer. Um. (laughs) So this is when we see um, a large tentacle coming down, like, you know, working its way down the stairs. And I am uh, horny for some hentai. You know what's up. Now, was that definitely a tentacle? Because it did look like a fast-moving turd. (laughs) You know, it kind of did. Um, Yeah. It had, like, an opening on the end. So I'm still going with tentacle. It looked more like a slinky in a sock. But yes, I too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it... it sauntered down the stairs. Have you not ever had a turd saunter out of your body? I can't. I can't say. It. I mean, usually it comes rocketing out. So no. okay. Saunt like never had a jaunty pet. Uh, anyway, <laughs> men and uh, women so are different. <laughs> <laughs> what else, Gallagher? <laughs> Comb, tomb, and bomb don't run. It makes no, no sense. sense. <laughs> I'm I'm the worst comic of all time. <laughs> I'm going watermelons. So uh so the uh the other day Homer or uh <laughs> Tati had never seen Homer goes to college and Marge versus the monorail. Oh. Uh, so we watched it and <laughs> I forgot about this joke. But uh, when they when they meet the scientist who built the first monorail, <clears throat> he talks about how they they cut all the safety features and they used the cheapest parts. And the celebrity for the initial run was Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a neck break. So we'll be back with more um, transmissions from the dark side after this. <laughs> I don't know. Ejected from unexplored secret stratus, this giant harder than steel piston disgorges strange creatures, inundating our world, twisting the emotions of women, distorting our men. This is a piece we got off the mayor. Reflex action like a snake. Cut a snake in half and the two pieces go off in different directions. These things take over a man's mind? He becomes a a robot? A machine taking orders? (laughs) Join the hunt for the hiding place of terror. Find the breeding place of these globs of destruction. In feeding the mouth parts, rupture the cells, convey the food to the stomach by a, a pumping action. Oh. 
It's an adventure that'll burst your blood vessels with suspense. See the Brain Eaters. You mean to tell me this robot is a takes? Wait a minute. Okay, wait a second. You mean Re you mean rewind. to tell me there is a man who then turns into a robot? So wait a minute. Rewind the tape. You got, you got a man. He's a man. And he's walking here. He's definitely walking there. And then he, this brain eater works his way into his skull. And he, bingo, bango, he's a robot. robot. Get out Yay, shut up, your face. So, so, Matt, you have seen what a brain eater looks like. I know what a brain eater looks like. How best would you explain it to Jen? Uh, empty your laundry trap and put two pipe cleaners into it. <laughs> I was thinking more of like a toupee with a McDonald's straw that you would get like when you order a pop coming out. So you mean to tell me that I could be a man and a robot? <laughs> How can I do this because I hate my job and I want to turn my brain off, but I still need to do the job because I like to eat. Well, I'd say, should I take this job and shove it? Shove it. <laughs> take this job and shove it. Shove it. I ain't working here no more. My lady done left and took out the reasons I was working for. Don't you try to hold me back. I walk in out that door to take this job and shove it. I'm a robot. That's for sure. <laughs> My name is Johnny Money Checks. <laughs> I am a country and western riding robot. See, he's different because the guy's name is Johnny Paychecks. Johnny Money Checks. It's totally different. No court would convict us. I, I certainly fall in the line of parody. Which was, of course, passed in the great Ooh, Pretty Woman case where Luther I'm Campbell, trying to shut it off. I'm trying to shut it off. Who else would like me to play with their genitalia while I explain civil... <laughs> Oh God! No <laughs> I come through your privates into your brain and make you a robot. <laughs> Take this job and shoot it. <laughs> okay, uh, we should probably be back. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and we're back. Well, um, I gotta say. This is a great idea. Let's turn on the gamma rays because it yes. really impacted Henry. So I think it'll impact <laughs> impact this tube worm that's in there. Well, so so hold on. Um, the brain, the the slug. Yeah, the 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 tentacle, the, the tentacle, the, the, the turd. turd attaches itself to Frederick's head. Wow! Rewind that because you both landed at turd at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Matt and I are good at this game. Yeah. 
Oh, the one where it's like you'd both try to say the same word on the count of three. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Turd. Turd. I like that I said it with you and Matt. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Somebody named Matt say it. Well, no, Matt and I are linked. No, no. We're only using 10% of our brain. Now Combined. We have now reached the part of the show where I've gone crazy. Jen is like, we need to land this. And Matt's like, I'm uh, just soaking it all in. <laughs> I am screaming in this. <laughs> the tentacle attaches to his head. Okay. Uh, and so Howard, um, you know, paying attention to this episode, uh, realized that the x-rays hurt uh henry earlier so he runs and he grabs the x-ray machine and uh <laughs> turns but it it's off. not plugged in right like how does it doesn't it need to no, be it was it was it was plugged in uh he doesn't take the thing off until later and, and to which i was like wait how is how is this thing still on but oh okay yeah yeah okay um so yeah he uh he hits it with with the x-ray and the thing uh goes back upstairs and so um you know howard says that he knows it's it's an alien for some i don't know how he knew that but whatever they figure out um, it's an alien and they want the prize of the human brain because as this episode has beaten us over the head with uh we are only using 10 percent of our brain power right now we can't be using more than six percent uh, but <laughs> And so an alien, if they figured out how to harness the power of the whole brain, it would be quite a prize. Yes. Um, and so Howard wants to see the isotope. And Frederick says, no way. You know, you die instantly being exposed to it. And so this is where Howie says, I know exactly what we need. <laughs> and it cuts to him pouring a really stiff drink. Um, Fred is is not sure of this plan Um so Howard starts talking about how this, you know, the, the, the storm has stopped um, and they haven't moved it or they haven't heard it moving upstairs since they since they took out the isotope um, or since they sorry, they, they hit it with the x-rays um, and it made the storm to conceal its arrival. Uh, so Frederick is. Um, <laughs> is having trouble wrapping his brain around this. Um, I think this is when Howard makes. Uh, the the connection that um, the when it attaches to their head, it it transmits their brain out like, like the, the matter of the brain out, and then it puts the tracker in, um, and then he makes you know a, a joke about gray matter that I don't think Fred thinks is very funny at all. No, but uh, he's considering a, yeah, he had he's... considering he had the sauntering turd stuck to his head. Um, they repeat again, the humans only use 10% nonsense. Um, this gun and then they, keeps going off. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, this is when they, they start trying to trick this alien who is a spaceship and flew across the galaxy, um, by, you know, really overselling how how powerful the human brain is but how we barely use it so you know why don't you why don't you come and get it and use it better 
they decide that the the best way to have trick the alien is yelling this plan at the top of their lungs. (laughs) These morons are just like, they're only using 10% of their brains, so they're doing their best. If only they would have just, (laughs) you know, just a little bit more of that brain. But they can't help themselves. So the storm comes back. Um, Howard and Frederick uh, go upstairs with, for some reason, this is what Jen was alluding to yeah, earlier. A portable they, x-ray they machine. Took, they took the top of the x-ray machine that shoots the gamma rays off. But there's and no then power they go upstairs. To but it. yeah, there's, there's no power to it. It's not like it runs on battery. Um, but, so for some reason, it's got a flashlight on it. Uh, and so they're well. They're, so what I think they're leading you to believe is that housed in that proton ray is the isotope, and what's keeping it from shining a light on everything is just a little cover on the front of it. And once we take that cover out, it's shining that isotope uh, light. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um. It's so. Like a yeah, but it's okay. I mean, it doesn't really play, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just go with it. Um, so they're rolling. They're they're upstairs now. They're they're looking for this thing, and then uh, you know they're not seeing anything until they look up at the ceiling, and there is a giant glowing eyeball balloon. Uh, it shoots. Uh, it's I don't know rays at Fred. Um, He, uh, God, what is it? He orders. Oh, yeah. And, and it orders uh, Henry to get up. You can see him uh, downstairs and he gets up and like breaks the straps off and stuff. And then it attaches, attaches the sauntering turd to Fred's temple again. Um, and then uh, it shoots its eye rays at Howard and knocks him against the wall. Uh, and so while Howard is down there uh, where the x-ray thing used to be, this is when he takes out the blue vial of uh, the isotope. And I thought this was funny that when he takes the isotope out, for some reason, you hear a Geiger counter. Yes. Oh, I didn't I hear that. Yeah, you hear you hear the like the um, the crackling of the, yeah, the radiation. Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, I, I I laughed at that. So um, it's only thirty. Limps, it's only three hundred fifty Ronkin, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, he limps towards the eyeball and he he throws it, and he just throws uh, well, this. Yeah, yeah. So the the eyeball explodes. Like you don't you don't really. I, I wrote something happens with a question mark. Yes. It's not super clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote it, it explodes, thunders. Who knows? Um, so Howard helps Fred downstairs. Um, you see, uh, Hank is is just a, a dusty old skeleton now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was Fred, like, what? Fred. How did that? How that come to be? But no sure, yeah, who who knows? Uh, so. Frederick is astounded that Howard exposed himself to the radioactivity and Howard, um, I don't know, kind of jerks himself off a little bit. And he's like, well, I had to save the world. You know, I'm a special kind of hero. I had to save the world. Who else was going to do it? And then I I think he quotes from the book of Revelation. uh, And then (laughs) 
you see over his shoulder that the eyeball is outside looking in. Uh, and, and Fred is doing his best, Shemp. Uh, and Howard says, The big Let's mistake play I one made. One more game. You might actually win this time. And then turns toward him, and we see the hole in his head. Because the big uh, mistake that I made is thinking that he came alone. He didn't come alone. He came with, with a pair of eyes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Fred does everything short of a fall to his knees yelling, no, uh, Richard P. Rubenstein. All right. Um, let's go to the writer's room. What would you change about this episode? I, I feel not like much. I think I think it worked. I, I, I do. I, I think that it worked. I think that overall it was a, a pretty good episode. I don't know why they were eyeballs. I, um, I, because they had they had two balloons that were easily painted with eyeballs. I mean, it is very much like this is the this is a rare instance where the monster is so preposterous and terrible. In execution, like it, it does, yeah, it, it does take away a little bit from the episode. Like the I way, mean, if it was like a good eye, it would be different. But these are this is like, very much the mad balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I had the eyeball mad ball, and this this looked like a cheap knockoff of that. Well, it's obviously a balloon with an eye drawn on it, and yeah. it really takes away. It it, it yeah. does. And I get that this episode is supposed to be sort of a, you know, 50s sci-fi throwback, but I eh, the the eyeball didn't connect for me. It's it's rare where we go to the writers room and the big criticism is the monster and the special effects. I mean, this is a 90s TV show with no budget. They did the best they could. I mean, they had the wax profile yeah. and the light coming out of the head. I think they spent all of their money there. Because when I said yeah. I when I saw this terrible eye of Sauron, I was like, mm-hmm. I was just like, well, just put that one in the dumpster, and why don't we just have a big shining light, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it it just looked poor. Great, and and when are we going to see the real one? What do you mean the real one? This is the real one. Yeah. I was eating this napkin. <laughs> it's yeah. It it's just the episode itself and the way that it unfolds is good it's Mm -hmm. you know could it be tighter sure could we have not had so heavy-handed uh we don't use all of our brains sure the the final twist i want it i would like it if i were to rewrite it i would rewrite it a little bit stronger it just kind of is like Voila, you know, like, and I'm got a brain worm too. You know, it's like he had the isotope. He had the isotope. They went from upstairs to downstairs. When did it happen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I just kind of was like, meh to that part, but I enjoyed the episode. Yeah, me too. Any other thoughts on uh, the writer's room? I don't think not so. for me. The, the, I, I think that the I think that the monster in this one really was the main detractor. Yeah, yeah I think you could have gotten away with even not showing the monster at all. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. They had the tentacle. Yeah, like. I mean, on, honestly, yeah. for I was just thinking like 
Honestly, they could have gone the Evil Dead route and just show the like shaky cam zooming yeah. in on stuff, and that yeah. would have been fine for me because you know the monster they don't show is scarier than the monster they do, and in this yeah, case, time. tenfold. Yeah, I saw that eyeball, and it was just like this is lame. And then he just throws an isotope up into the air, <laughs> and like his reaction yeah. to holding an isotope was like, "Ooh, ouchie, ouchie!" Right, it's like a hot potato. <laughs> hot, hot, <laughs> All right, and then throw it up, and it blows up like all isotopes do. Uh, Jen, give us a scale. Uh, scale of 1 to 10 radioactive isotopes. 7. I'll give it 6. Um, uh, 7.5. Okay. So a solid 7. That's pretty good for this episode, I would yeah. say. Um. Any is anybody watching Creep Show yet? Uh, not yet. I, ha- I have not started. No. I I am waiting. I'm waiting. But um. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing good things about season two, so I'm oh, I'm good. pretty excited. Yeah, I um. I got the the I'm you know I'm trying to avoid reading reviews, but like I'll see the like the article headline and maybe like the first paragraph, uh, and they were saying that. Some of these are the best of the series, so oh, awesome. hopefully, hopefully that continues past episode one or two or three. And yeah, because I felt half. like the back half of the first season was a little soggy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially, oh god, especially the uh, the one with uh, Dana Gould. That one, oh, that yeah. one, that one really stuck wrong with me. And also the one with uh, David Arquette. With the, the with the musky holler, yeah, putting yeah, putting the heads and the yeah, just no. All right. Well, you're about to find out all the ways that you can get in contact with us, and we hope to hear from you soon. Hey, everybody! Did I forget anything? Uh, try to enjoy the enjoy the daylight. Uh, try to enjoy the daylight. Bye. 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 That was one hour, baby. Yay. Sweet. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTBS Pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.